So welcome to the LCS Health Services Division podcast. I'm your host today, Dan Merriman, uh, Senior Compliance and Public Policy Analyst. And here today really to just talk through uh, public policy and advocacy and continue the series that Blake Gilman and I uh, started late last year and, and hopefully bring that into 2019. And Happy to have here today with us Catherine Jenkins, uh, Vice President, Director of Operations on the Life Plan uh, side for, for LCS. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you, Dan. Glad to be here. So I think what we'd like to discuss a little bit today is the different avenues for members of our communities, uh, people on the operations side to to really get active in terms of advocacy and and Catherine, I know you've had a couple of different opportunities to really get involved on the advocacy side, and um, you know, it'd be great to kind of hear some of your experiences and kind of firsthand uh, what you got from it, and and kind of where things, um, you know, where where things landed for you. So uh, I know you have a, a recent visit to D.C. and Capitol Hill, and, and met some of the folks up there. I, I wonder if you just summarize a little bit that experience you had. Of course. Yeah. So it was um, it was a great experience and it was part of the leading age leadership summit um, in DC this past March. And what what happens in that meeting is that the last day of the meeting is set up for visits on Capitol Hill and it gives leading age members the opportunity for face-to-face conversations with their state senators and and representatives. And the way it works is that um, Leading Age paired me with with other Leading Age South Carolina attendees, because I I work out of South Carolina. Um, So we had a small uh, contingency. There was myself and then um, two other Leading Aid South Carolina members, and then the executive director of Leading Aid South Carolina. Um, but we traveled as a, as a group, and, and we had uh, meetings that Leading Aid had set up with our each of our state senators and then one of our state representatives. So they made it really super easy for us in terms of logistics. And then before the Hill visit, Leading Age uh, gave us very specific talking points and handouts to help us make the most of our time with the politicians. And and I think that also helped Leading Age um, with consistency of the messaging because, you know, Leading Age members that day were out meeting with their senators and representatives from, from many other states that day. So we all wanted to be aligned in our messaging. Um, and, and it was easy. We didn't have to think then of what our talking points were going to be. Um, and, and that, that made, it, made it that much, much easier for us. Great. So, sounds like a good experience. And was that really your first time on NDC being a part of that type of experience? It was, and and I'll tell you, I've I've attended that particular meeting uh, several times, but there's always been a, a 
a scheduling issue or last year there was some huge snowstorm that that uh ended up you know canceling all of the hill visits and so i was really excited this year to be able to to see that through and be a be a part of it and and really looking forward to it again already for next year sounds great so to give a maybe a little bit more kind of uh, you know knowledge on what the actual experience that is so so you had in in that day that afternoon a chance to meet with with three or four different people um and, and then specifically the meeting though what kind of how long did it go kind of who did you meet with kind of what what was that experience like yeah so it was it was really it was really cool um the meetings themselves um so when we went as it happened congress was in recess so we were not able to meet with our actual senators or representatives but we did meet with members of their staff and and the meetings themselves were they weren't long you know they they i think the the longest meeting was maybe 15 20 minutes and and a couple of them were maybe 10 minutes and so you know that's where those uh, talking points and materials that leading age had given us came in you know to be so handy because you want to make the most of the time that you have um and and uh the the staffers that that we met with were um you know they had very full schedules that day with many different people waiting to talk with them so we really wanted to make the most out of our our meeting time um you know the talking point that that we focused on were were very specific and there there were there were three of them um you know our first talking point was to you know specifically ask for their support of of a house resolution 1265 that's the the nursing home workforce quality act and and that's that's a bill that would uh Changed the way that um, CMS automatically locks out uh, nursing and CNA training at health centers who have received a harsh survey with maybe an IJ or a really high scope and severity tag. And and what the bill would do would to allow regulators a little bit of discretion on when to impose that training lockout um and 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 when not to impose that training lockout so that was a really specific talking point um the the second talking point was around um, affordable senior housing and the specific request i believe was was for 600 million dollars for affordable housing under section 202 um and then our last talking point focused on the workforce shortage, which is, you know, something that we all are are very, very familiar with and all struggling with. Um, and and specifically in, in that talking point, there were a couple of pieces of legislation, one um, around the foreign guest workers program and another around 
the geriatric workforce program. And, and both of those programs and, and their own ways are, are le- pieces of legislation to help uh, creatively bring more people to the field of senior living um, in, in the workforce. Awesome. And uh, yeah, just uh, in, in terms of things we're, we're kind of continuing to track. Uh, so Catherine, uh, I appreciate kind of your work uh, kind of discussing each of those points with, with your legislators. Each one of those still continues to be an issue. And it's one of those uh, you know, my experience is just we, you know, there's very little bipartisan effort and, and a lot of what we're discussing it seems to be real co- good common sense. And if we're not out there just kind of hammering it every time we see a legislator, uh, they're just going to be so, um, focused on the, the partisan issues and, and their own agendas that, that they don't quite, um, they don't quite give it the focus that, that an easy, breezy thing such as clearing up the, the nursing CNA lockout uh, would be, and and I know we've yeah. seen a lot of support from both parties on that. Um, also, want to point out, uh, you know, I, I think it might be a little bit of a bummer that that you didn't get a chance to have like a photo op or meet and greet with, with some of your your delegates, but but also, you know, I, I think it's real important that the aides that you were working with and and meeting with were really those that, that were relied upon by your senator or by your representative to be that expert in healthcare issues and, and long-term care. And so you were actually feeding the source that, that then is the educated person telling their, you know, their boss, their senator, their representative, oh, this, this is what we've heard. This is where, where the issue is. And, and this is how we, we should act. Yeah, you're you're exactly right, and and I would say every staffer that we met with uh, was, uh, you know, all, each staffer has areas of expertise, and the ones that 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 I met with were all um, healthcare focused, or you know, in the field of of aging focused, depending on on who they're working for. But all of them, um, you know, made it very clear that. You know, they had certain, you know, bits of information that, that we shared with them that caught their attention, that they were going to be sure to share with the senators or, or the representatives. And, and they were eager to hear the information. I, you know, I, that, that was one of the takeaways was that, you know, they, there's a lot of educating that needs to be done. Right. And, and that they, um, sometimes really basic information and and um about our our field and what it is that we do um and so it's a it was a powerful you know 10 or 15 minutes to be able to to you know let let my voice be heard and and um to have it be heard it was it was really really something else great awesome so I think you kind of get in, got into that a little bit there uh, at the end of that response. But any other kind of big takeaways that you had from from your experience in DC? Yeah, um, you know it's it it sounds cliche, but you know your voice really can be heard. And I think 
I think my biggest takeaway was that it needs to be heard. And, 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 you know, there, our group from South Carolina was a small group, um, but it's, you know, a small group here and a small group there all, you know, aligned in their messaging. Um, to your point, Dan, of just kind of hammering away consistently in the messaging uh, to to be heard as a larger group. Um, you know, and I think I think the the takeaway about the educational opportunity was huge. I was I was a little blown away at at how um, uh, uneducated that some of these staffers were about the field of senior living and particularly our three, you know, talking points. And so, you know, I think there's a huge opportunity there. Um, and, and lastly, I think, you know, it, it, you know, I came home, you know, feeling really great about that experience, but it, it, it really helped me understand that it, it starts at a local level and, and the same educational opportunities that, you know, are there at the national level. They're no different than the educational opportunities with, you know, local and state politicians. Great. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, we see, you know, there are certainly some bills and, and you indicated there the, handful that you discussed and that uh, in your meetings that, that were very specific, you know, congressional me- measures that, that focus on senior living or workforce development. And, and there are always some things going on at the D.C. level, but there's just as much, if not more, happening at, at a state level. And so that's where I think our opportunities multiply as a company and looking at the influence we have with, with over 130 different uh, communities spread across the country is there's a lot of wide range of, of influence that we can have if we just kind of leverage some of those local connections. So uh, I, I think you kind of mentioned it before that you are already looking forward to next year's kind of leadership summit, but this is something you do again then? Oh, in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know what? It was fun. It was fun and, and educational and and, but I think most importantly for me, I felt like I was making a difference and in my own little way and, and letting my, my voice be heard as a professional and, and, and the field of senior living and, and, and the passion that I have about what we do. So yeah, already, already looking forward to, to next year. Awesome. Well, glad to have you. Um, and so that, you know, kind of wraps up, I think, your experience in, in D.C., uh, or at least this time around. Uh, have, what, are, what other opportunities have you taken advantage of in terms of just advocating, uh, not at the D.C. level, but, but maybe more locally? Okay. Yeah, so actually, uh, not too long after um, the, the Hill visits and, and the spring, uh, through my involvement with Leading Age South Carolina, you know, I, I learned of an opportunity um, to present to the governor's committee on aging. And, and it was really just through, you know, networking and relationships that I learned that the meeting was even happening and that there was an open agenda and a little bit of time for um, speakers 
to ask for time on the agenda, and I was fortunate enough to be granted a whopping three minutes uh, to speak to to this committee um, in the state capitol. And this is a this is a committee that's made up of um, politicians from around our state, and they focus on all kinds of issues related to seniors. Um, and I knew that everyone on the agenda was going to be there with a, a different um, area of focus. I chose to use my three minutes um, focusing on the workforce shortage and, and really gave them some sobering statistics on the huge workforce gap that our state is already and, and is going to continue to face. Um, and and I urge them to support any legislation uh, that would, you know, help drive people into the field of senior living beyond, you know, the tried and true methods. But we've got to get our thinking caps on and get creative and um, and figure out how to to meet this need. And you know, Dan, and you know, just like the the Hill visits, I came away from that state experience feeling a lot of the same feelings, you know, that I was making a difference by using my voice and helping them hopefully better understand, you know, at least one issue, that workforce shortage issue that that's facing us all. That's cool. Um, and, and again, that's just something that just kind of popped up and, and just kind of uh, from being involved at, at the state association level, you were you were kind of keyed into. I think you had mentioned a, a couple of questions that, that you had just in, in terms of kind of advocacy. Yeah. Yeah. And actually it was, um, you know, after, particularly after the, the state opportunity a few weeks ago, you know, a question is, you know, when I, when I know of an, an opportunity that's, you know, coming or just pops up like that one did, I think on a Friday and the actual meeting was the following Tuesday. But when when there's an opportunity to get in front of a local or state or even national politician, who is the person at LCS that that we can call to say, hey, this is an opportunity you know, can you help? What should I say? You know, what should I not say? Who is that person, and how does that work? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So I think if you know of kind of your your opportunity, and uh, especially the the committee was a unique experience where you weren't going in, and and unlike DC, you know, you kind of. You know that experience. They they had plenty of time baked in to provide you all of the information, all of the handouts, all the talking points, so that you were really prepared. Whereas this one was was much more of a little bit open experience. Uh, when that happens, uh, you can certainly reach out to myself uh, or Chris Newport, who's also our uh, public policy manager. And uh, it, you know, it's kind of our role, kind of leading the public policy committee at LCS. To, to really help fuel that, that advocacy. And, um, if it, if it's information we have, we, we can certainly help you and, and kind of help guide with some of the talking points and data that, that we've developed over, over time. Um, but it also could just be then partnering with, uh, Leading Age or American Healthcare Association and, 
Argentum and you know those uh, national organizations have a wealth of data too at their ready. So it, you know it, it's the ability to kind of piece that together and and really give you the information that you feel really comfortable that they've got good quality information that backs up what what you know you're experiencing at at a much more granular community or regional level. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that, that is invaluable. And I, I would just say to anybody that, you know, learns of that opportunity to speak to a politician to take advantage of that. Um, you know, I, like I said, there wasn't a lot of time to prepare for this and I, I winged it and I think it, it, it was okay. But, um, you know, if I had it to do over again, I would, definitely yeah, reach out to you and Chris and say, hey, let me run this by you and and collaborate a bit on it to to make it even more more meaningful. Um, you know, another question that, that I had, Dan, is is, you know, once 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 somebody has a, a discussion with a politician and and you, you know, have have those talking points that that are out there and the meeting ends. What's the best way to follow up on those kinds of of meetings? Yeah, so you know, a business meeting that's uh, an advocacy meeting is similar to all other business meetings. Where uh, I mean, it's it's really appropriate and, and really considered protocol to kind of exchange uh, your business cards. But it, it's really solely dependent on, on you, and it's very rarely that I've ever been kind of reached out as a thank you for for meeting with somebody from from uh, a DC or state level. But it's really where it's kind of upon you to to really send out kind of both a thank you for for the time that to, to meet with us, but then also gives us kind of an opportunity that to to kind of stress again you know, one or two of those bullet points or, um, you know, oftentimes you might be asked a question that, that maybe you don't quite know or you don't have the right data at the ready. Uh, so it's totally appropriate to say, you know what, I will absolutely find this information and get it to you as soon as I can. And, um, you know, if that's five minutes after a meeting or if it's, you know, a week after the meeting, whenever, you know, you get it works. Um, but I, I think, you know, it, it's, it's kind of considered appropriate to do a, a follow-up email from the business card to send that to the person or persons that you met with, um, you mm-hmm. know, and again, kind of thank them and summarize that, you know, those couple of points and those couple of asks. Um, my understanding is that, that basically every piece of correspondence in, in most congressional offices are, are kind of tagged. Very similar to the way we might look at leads in a in a CRM system, and you kind of what what was you know the the medium that that we got it in was a call was it an email was it somebody stopping in person, and, and you know they do very similar to take notes and kind of keep track on on what issues are important to their constituents and and what side that that, that they're on so that they can really do a tally and really kind of fuel the information. Um, so I think that would be the, the appropriate follow-up. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that's good to know. I know, um, you know I did send a, a quick thank you note to each of the people that I met with in D.C. and then um, got cards of 
each of the people on the um, Committee on Aging here in South Carolina and um, have sent them each just a really quick, just a thank you note and uh, maybe a quick, you know, specific reference to a question or something. But, um, you know, I, I think I think the whole advocacy world is one that, you know, as executive directors and administrators or, or really anybody within LCS is, it's something that we sometimes it, it can get lost in the day to day, you know, bazillion things that we all have to get done. I, for me, both of these experiences have just really opened my eyes to how important um, advocacy is. It's the only way things get changed. And um, it didn't take a lot of time, it didn't take a lot of effort. Um, it was fun. I learned a bunch, and um, and I made a difference. I I'd echo every every one of those points, Catherine. I I think it's a it's a great experience that that people can take advantage of. I think it's absolutely necessary, and uh, I, I think it's a lot easier or and a lot less intimidating than it kind of seems like it is or might be. Uh, so once again, I want to thank you uh, for for both your advocacy and your time this afternoon. Uh, it was a pleasure to kind of talking through uh, some of your experiences. And this will go ahead and conclude this session of uh, the public policy series of the LCS Health Services Division podcast. I'm Dan Merriman. Thank you again for, for listening and look forward to future pieces in the public policy series. Legal Disclaimer. Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.